There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Living life as a gringo Where you question where you fit in every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course And man, today We are going to be making it all about y'all The listeners, the people who have been Man, supporting this podcast And giving me a, a platform to hopefully uplift the community. I appreciate y'all so damn much. And I feel like, I'm not gonna lie, this season, I feel like we've been slacking just a bit when it comes to the Ask a Gringo segment. And that was one of my favorite things when I I created this podcast was to have the ability to connect with y'all and have you be a part of the show. And I feel like I've been slacking a little bit with that, um, be it because of Instagram and just sometimes how long it takes for it to show your story to an appropriate amount of people to get responses and things like that. There's been a little bit of frustration uh, with the algorithm in that way, but that's no excuse. And and y'all are always a part of this show. I love getting feedback from y'all in the DMs and all that kind of stuff. So very much I always encourage it. So today I kind of want to make it about you. And I had posted and asked me anything on my Instagram to have y'all basically interview me for for the podcast and any pressing questions, be it serious, be it fun, whatever it might be, um, I want to have you be a part of the show. So today's show is basically going to be one long Ask a Gringo segment and let you guys you know interview me for today's show, especially as we get down to what is, uh, man, we are, are finishing up season two, which is crazy. We are, um, I think it's like, seven episodes left six episodes left so it's like three or four weeks left of the show which is wild so in the spirit of that i wanted to make a show all about y'all and and give you the chance to have your your voices heard as i like to do so today's gonna be one long ask a gringo segment so without further ado let's get into it ask a gringo 
All right, so like I said, we are, are going to just hand the reins over to you on my Instagram at DJ Dramos. I did the Ask Me Anything, left it open to y'all. I got a bunch of responses. I'm going to read as many as I can. I don't want to make this a super long episode. So just going to dive into to some of the ones that we uh, we got on here. Let's see. Uh, we'll start with at Nicolosa underscore Vega, Nicole, the homie. She says, uh, or asks, I should say, which podcast episode are you most proud of? And this is tough. I I'm I love different episodes for different reasons, right? But I think for me, if I had to pick one, and it, it sucks because it's like we we started, you know, so damn hot kind of. Um, but but it was uh it was probably the first one with my parents, right? Episode one, which uh a little inside baseball actually wasn't even the first episode that I recorded. The first episode I ever did of Life as a Gringo was the first ever mental health episode, which I think we did as episode two or three um, officially. But that was the one I had recorded basically to pitch um, the podcast network so they could see what what I was doing, what I, what I was working with. Um, but the first one we aired was what my parents only seemed appropriate. And I think it's just special for a number of different reasons, right? I think for me, it's very much indicative of where I was at that point in my life, where I was on this journey of of trying to heal and and heal a relationship with my parents. And, and we were getting closer and, um, you know, having far more open and honest conversations. And, and that podcast was, was super honest, right? I asked them a lot of questions that I've never personally sat down, you know, and, and had had a talk with them about about their own upbringing and why they made certain choices when it comes to the way that they raised me, right? You know, there were, a, you know, some really honest conversations um, happening, you know, in, in that episode. And I think it also is beautiful of the moment as well, where I'm setting out on this new journey that is becoming or um, would become my, my life, right? Being a, a full-time podcaster, I was getting ready to transition out of the breakfast club and, you know, take this risk of, of going off on my own. And the podcast was that, and it was beautiful to have them be a part of it, right? Especially as like the first episode, and we recorded it in um, at the time my home studio, of the the first property I ever bought, right? So there's a lot of firsts going on, and I think for me, looking back on it, it's beautiful that they got to be a part of that, and I'm so happy and and grateful that I did it that way. That I did the episode. I remember being like nervous, you know. To, to talk to my parents, right? Record it. I was nervous as shit in that episode. And um, yeah, I'm just really happy that we were able to to do it. I'm happy I followed through I didn't, and I didn't kind of chicken out. And ironically, that episode led to, you know, a lot of different opportunities that are going to be unfolding as you know time goes on. But, um, you know, the, the feedback from the episode I got was, was really great. And, and that's part of why it's also so special, you know. And I think honorable mention, there's just been a lot of great people. I think even particularly like this season, you know, um, I think someone like Frankie Quinones from uh, the show This Fool, you know, I, I just really think as an interviewer, if I could pat myself on the back just a little bit here, I felt like in that episode as an interviewer, I, I really figured out how to bring the best out of my guest, you know, um, and, and make them feel comfortable so we could have a genuine conversation. I also just thought his story was so inspiring, right? As far as like him not finding success to like his mid thirties and, and being that dude sleeping on a, a friend's couch until that point. Um, I just love that sort of dedication, you know, and, and then 
somebody finding success after all that sacrifice it warms my heart um you know and and yeah i, I think that's a special one i think uh, the one we did recently with abogada jimenez on immigration um i just think it's great to have these timely conversations right to give people like that a platform to speak on things that really matter for our community which has long been a goal of mine um and you know i think uh what else is i think another one um with uh dr uh i think uh, i don't want to mess up her 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 name i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up again real quick um because i at times i feel like i forget uh forget these things we've done done so many of them but um that's a dr mario bouquet uh i thought that was that was amazing as well um and I think I love them for different reasons. It might not be obvious to you, to you as a listener, but I think for me, those the, the episodes I just mentioned, especially the one with um, Abogada Jimenez and then Dr. Mario Bouquet, I, I find them to be special because I think it symbolizes how far I've come with my voice and my knowledge um, and made my area of expertise and feeling comfortable sharing a space with, with people who this is their life, right? Immigration is uh, uh, Dr. Um, sorry, Abogada Jimenez's life, right? Um, the idea of like, you know, mental health and, and trauma and all these things is, is Dr. Mario Bouquet. And to feel like you can hold a conversation and I'm not just sort of sitting back asking questions um, and letting them sort of school me on everything, which I think is a part of it. But deeper than that, we're also just having an open dialogue and a conversation. And I feel comfortable in that. I think that also speaks to me building up my confidence. And, you know, for me, those are little wins along the way where, um, I'm recognizing that I have something to bring to the table, even amongst, you know, PhD scholars and attorneys and all these different things, you know, that um, I, I feel comfortable and confident enough in my own voice that I'm unafraid to showcase my opinion and to, to have a real conversation with them. So I think um, those are really special for sure for me uh, when it comes to the episodes we've done. Let's see, at vitamin underscore Ray, what are your favorite and least favorite things about written versus podcast communication? Um, man, so obviously with written and like writing the books, uh, which we just dropped the second one, it's officially available, just be at NYC, a little shameless plug. Um, but I think with the books, I love the fact that it's a bit more concise, right? I've gone through editing or, um, really massaging my thoughts, right? To, to get them as, as sharp as I possibly could in that moment, I think. That's a really beautiful thing. I think um, the 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 intention behind it, right? When you sit down to write, I not I don't really plan things out too much, but it's a slower process. I don't have to worry about on the fly what's coming to my head. I'm really intentional in the moment where I'm like writing a a story, kind of right. I'm thinking of what what I'm feeling in the moment. How do I articulate it? How do I bring it to a conclusion? And uh, I think that's the beautiful thing about writing, especially and then combining with the photography. There's a presence in in writing, I feel like, that I, I really enjoy. And it's kind of become my like peaceful morning thing to do, which I, I really love doing. And, um, you know, rereading some of it as I like post parts of it on social media and stuff. Um, I'm just proud of myself. I think that it's it's been a goal of mine. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful medium. I love the fact that it's kind of more of like this lost art form, which obviously there's still people writing books and shit, but we're far more uh, into like technology. And I love being able to hold a tangible book especially one that i've written now i think it's just amazing and then when it comes to podcasting uh i i love 
I love that I can really just sort of go off of, you know, this this wave of thoughts and see where it takes me and I can communicate long form, right? Where in radio I was trying to make a concise thought within like 15 seconds of introing a song. Where in podcasting, you know, theoretically the time is unlimited. I, I have enough time uh, as much as I need or want to get to whatever point I'm trying to get across. And there's something beautiful about that, you know. I think um, having the freedom in podcasting, talk about whatever it is that I want, unfiltered, uncensored, I think, um, you know, it allows me to really give you far more of my authentic self than any other platform would, right? I think the negative side of, of the two things, um, I think at times things get taken out of context, right? I think, you know, when it comes to writing, you're going to get a short tidbit of a thought, essentially, like it, it's more flushed out than like a clip on social media but you know it's 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 really me you know uh I, I treat these things like my journal right so maybe sometimes you might not get it completely there might be things that are open to interpretation which i think is also part of the beauty of it you can make things mean what what you need them to mean for you in the moment or resonate in the way that they need to um but i i think uh you know with with written stuff it's um I can't, you know, I, I don't really say there's too much of a negative with it. I love it. I, I love that it's a stamp in, in time. It's a moment in time, right? It's what I was feeling at that time. I love the fact I can go reference it, you know? Um, so I can't really say there's too much negative about written. I mean, the only thing I would say is not a lot of people read, right? So that might be the negative thing. And then with podcasting, I think it's it's a similar kind of thing. I think a lot of people have a really short attention span. So maybe they don't listen to the entire podcast or... Um, I just think in general, when you're not having a one-on-one -on -one conversation where somebody can ask you a question in the moment, you're also leaving yourself open to other people running with their own interpretation of what you meant, right? And there's only but so much you can try to elaborate. Somebody is going to have their own response to the way you said something. And, and you know, sometimes it's not the way you intended it at all. Um, and then obviously it gets even worse when you filter it down on social media and you try to post a 30 second reel of an hour long podcast. Right. But I think that's my only frustration is there isn't like that um, dialogue you can have with somebody where they can one on one sort of like ask you to elaborate on things, you know, so that that'd be the only sort of downside, I guess, I guess, to it. Um, I'd seen somebody recently when referencing like what's going on in Israel and Palestine um, that he had thoughts and, and opinions, but he wasn't going to showcase it or, or, you know, say it on the internet because he feels like people are just going to find ways to twist and turn it and mean to mean something that he didn't intend at all. Right. And I think that that's in, in general when it comes to social media or media, um, that is where a little bit of the frustration might lie is that people, um, are going to make their own interpretations of, of things, no matter how much you try to put it in black and white. Uh, because of, of, you know, the, it's a one-way conversation, if you will, right? So that'd be my only downside of it all. But other than that, I fucking love writing. I love podcasting. I love being able to create uh, with these different mediums. I think it's a, a beautiful thing. Now, with that said, I think now's a good time. We'll take uh, a quick little break, and then we'll hop back into these questions. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back, and I'm answering these questions that y'all have posed on social media. Let's see, at Shoshana Withers has asked, what's your view on love and the dating scene currently? Ma'am, as as somebody who is recently single, fairly recently single out of a serious relationship, um, I hate the dating scene. I, I really do. I think it's atrocious. But I, I think... I think modern dating, I, I, I'm trying not to sound like one of these old heads that is like, you know, hates everything new. Um, but I think the modern dating scene has made us feel like we have endless amounts of options. Therefore, we like are so non-committal even to the most. Like it, to, the, to the easiest thing to literally just meeting somebody for a cup of coffee, right? It's like this whole process just to to get to that point, right? And I think that's obviously with the advent of social media and, you know, everybody has access to everybody. Women have a countless supply of men in their DMs offering to take them out or giving them some sort of positive reinforcement feedback. Um, social media, you know, I think is, is like 
the mecca of validation and um, I think the mecca of making you feel like there are so many things out there that you don't have that you need to try type of thing, right? And I think dating apps, which have become the norm, right? It's like less and less normal to meet somebody out in the wild, as they say. Um, you know, so dating dating apps the norm. And again, like that's sort of also in uh, the favor of women, right? Because there are going to be more men pursuing women on those apps than vice versa, usually. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to like articulate my thoughts and feelings on it properly. Let me, let me, let me like really internalize it, right? I, I, I also think like social media has created really unrealistic expectations for relationships, right? I think we are constantly inundated with this idea of like excess and these gigantic public displays of your interest. And I think we forget about the core of of what really matters when it comes to dating somebody, particularly when it comes to wanting to get into a relationship long term. Because I, I've had this conversation recently with one of my my female friends, and um, you know, she was talking about the idea of like she was pushing back, I should say, on my notion that like for a first date, I really just want to do like a coffee date because I don't want to invest all of this time and energy into someone that I don't even know if I like them or they're going to like me, right? Coffee is easy. We can sit down for an hour, have a conversation. If we're having fun, we can extend it. If not, no hard feelings. It was coffee. It's not going to last for that long, right? And and also, it doesn't have the social lubricants of like, we're going out to dinner. It, there's a lot of energy in the room, right? We're, we're sharing food or we're drinking, right? All these things that like, add extra elements of excitement to something and sort of cloud or convolute what you're really feeling in the moment. Whereas like a coffee date is like, bro, it's 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 a cool little coffee shop. You're having a cup of coffee, but there ain't much else going on. Like you have to actually figure out a way to have a real conversation with somebody and and do it sober, right? In the middle of the day. And that's that's difficult, right? Like that in itself is I feel like a fish out of water because it's become so normalized for us to get a drink as a first date or to you know uh, have drinks involved or be in a social setting or some sort of activity where the atmosphere itself alleviates a bit of that tension and nervousness right and uh and and I think that sort of takes away from having to really establish a connection with somebody right because I've done that in the past where I've gone on dates with somebody we've met for drinks had a great time we got drunk and had the best time running around the city right and then we meet up for a second date and maybe it's like something, you know, a little more chill. It's dinner and and maybe, you know, or maybe they, they come back to, you know, your house, you cook them dinner, whatever it is. And then you realize, wow, that first date was fun, but it was fun because of the experience, not because of the person. I'm actually really not that interested in the person themselves. Right. And I think that could have been figured out the first time around if you just had less external elements sort of adding to the excitement of it. That's my point. Right. And and I also think, you know, and I, I get, you know, what the, the argument is on the other side of like for women, oh, it's like an ordeal for them to get dressed up and it's, you know, an investment, it's expensive to get their nails done, their hair and, and all these different things, makeup, blah, blah, blah. I get it. 100% get it. But at the same time, A, we all have something to bring to the table, right? If, if you didn't think that a man had something to bring to the table, I would hope that you wouldn't be interested in dating them potentially long term, right? And, and B, 
anybody can plan an elaborate fucking date. I could throw money at a first date and show you all of these crazy things and plan all of these experiences, right? I, I, like in, I could take 30 minutes on TikTok and do, you know, the coolest things to do in New York City this weekend and you would be wowed by it, right? That doesn't take much thought and effort. I can, again, throw money at something and it, it you know, is this grandiose thing and it's fun and it's nice, but it's not really you know, a genuine reflection of my interest in you. I don't think there's anything personal about that, right? Where if I sit down and have a conversation with you and we're engaging and I'm curious about your life, like those are real investments that somebody's making into you. And then on a second date, we can have a, a more elaborate date. Then that could be more thought out, right? Because I actually know you now, right? That's what my point is with this whole thing, with dating. And I'm getting on my soapbox now. Now I'm, I'm in a flow state here where I like the coffee date as a first date, because I want to get to know you. And if we have a real connection, then the second date, I can actually curate something based upon the knowledge that I already have of you because of the conversation that we had had. To me, that's far more special, right? That is exciting for me because now it means I actually like somebody enough to want to invest time and energy into planning something that I know they're going to enjoy or hope that they're going to enjoy, right? And B, I would hope on the other side, the woman is going to say, oh, this guy was actually listening. He gives a shit about what I was saying and is actually putting forth real effort, right? Not monetary effort, which is, again, easy as all hell. I can get you reservations at a fancy restaurant, pay for it if you do. But now an actual real well thought out date based upon the fact that I actually really know you to a degree, right? And I want to get to know you deeper. That's more special to me. But again, we're so caught up in... I'm just going to say, I think we're, we're caught up in this sort of superficial feminism to a degree, right? And hear me out here. I know this is going to be very triggering for a lot of people. I think feminism is real. I think it's warranted. I think it's important 110%. I think women oftentimes get dealt really tough you know, hands in, in a lot of situations in life. Now, with that said, I think social media has also created this superficial idea of feminism where it's it's kind of like you know uh men have to to bow down at the altar of of women and that if it's not like this elaborate um you know first date that you can post on your social media and brag to your friends about then like he must not really like you or he's not that that you know um putting forth that much effort or that he's not worth your interest or your time or energy or whatever the hell it is right and I think that is is the superficial feminism. And I think that causes people to be, I think, wooed by a lot of nonsense and BS. Because again, anybody can throw money at an elaborate date and put forth the performance of effort and actually giving a shit about the person, right? Um, whereas if you have a simple coffee date, you have to really connect with somebody in order to keep their interest you know, both ways. You have to actually inquire, ask questions, have a real conversation. You don't have alcohol fueling your comfortability. You have to really, you know, push past the nerves and and try and connect with this person, right? And and see if there really is something there between the two of you. And to me, that's what I would be more focused on. But social media has people gassed up into thinking everything has to be this elaborate explosion that they have to go brag to their friends about. And I don't think that yields us the real results that we're looking for, right? Because real love and I think real relationships that sustain the test of time, this is what you're looking for. To me, they are, are 
obviously fun and they're beautiful and they have moments of of excitement but generally speaking your relationship a healthy relationship is not going to have a surplus of moments that are going to be gratifying for your social media validation right they're going to involve relaxing nights you know sharing a, a meal together at home they're going to involve you know cute little dates uh, special conversations you opening up to one another right you getting to know one another in, in incredibly intimate ways, right? And, and they're not all going to be, again, things that are going to be exciting for your social media following to gush and be jealous of the love that you have found, right? But that's real love. To me, real love is finding home in another person, right? And what is home? Home is comfort. Home is a place where you can let your guard down. You can truly be yourself. You can um, look forward to being home after a long and tumultuous week of living life, right? You feel the relief when you get home, when you walk through that door. And I think your relationship should feel like that as well on a consistent basis more often than not. But we have this fictitious idea of what love is supposed to look like. And we think it's supposed to be elaborate. And we think that you're supposed to prove your love or your interest with these, um, you know, elaborate uh, displays of affection or interest. And again, all that stuff is superficial. And not to say you're not, worthy of that sort of treatment but you thinking that if a man isn't doing those things must mean he's not that interested or he's not a you know someone worth your time i think you're you're again setting yourself up for disappointment at the end of the day because you're not actually basing your attraction or interest on anything real or tangible or something that could sustain the test of time you're really just basing it upon things that, you know, gives you that pat on the back, gives you that validation of being important or feeling important, but has no actual real substance to it when when it comes to knowing if this person is somebody you genuinely connect with and that genuinely cares about you, right? Because again, anybody can give you the monetary, superficial, elaborate first date and, and uh, all that comes along with it, but that doesn't yield or it doesn't also mean that real connection and love come hand in hand with that, right? And I think that's what we're sort of conflating. I think we're putting our priorities in the wrong places. Um, and we're more concerned with sort of living up to this idea of, of what it's supposed to look like rather than actually prioritizing building genuine connection with somebody or, or trying to see if there is a genuine connection with somebody. And I think that's a product of social media culture all of us getting gassed up on whatever norms are supposed to happen as as a man or a, a woman, right? And uh, yeah, that's my view on on the modern dating cycle. Um, and and not to say, listen, I, I I feel bad. I feel like I'm putting it all on women. Men are shitty. Like there there's there's no way around that. Like you know, the average dude. Uh, and and I'm not saying this to get like you know all the women on my side here, but the average dude is not worth your time right and the average dude will play the game and that that's this is a psychology that i feel like women are not understanding right because you're like oh i'm a high value woman you know how expensive these hair and nails are to maintain i'm getting all dressed up you better take me out to something that i'm i'm worthy of right and then you're in the fucking bathroom and you're like you know posting pictures or like you know you got the little fancy the dinner comes out we get a documented for instagram and you're having a little drink and there's a boomerang of, of glasses clinging together right and you're doing a mirror selfie of, of your fancy outfit that you put on because this guy sprung you know for for reservations at fucking carbone or something like that right and and all of these elements leading up to this idea of, of somebody proving that they value you and see your worth 
when none of them have anything to do with that person's genuine interest in getting to know you. And even if they are, again, none of that is a prerequisite to knowing if you have a genuine connection with somebody and they're actually worth your time and effort, right? Because again, yes, there are, are a lot of shitty men out there, right? And you have to be, you know, you have to up your criteria a little bit. I understand that when it comes to women, um, you know, there's a lot of men pursuing them, right? There's a lot of guys in every single girl's DM right now. And, you know, um, women hold the power when it comes to relationships for the most part, when it comes to dating, um, you know, and I think to a degree as they should. But I think what you're, the disconnect is, you're wondering why you keep meeting these shitty guys who are, uh, you know, not proving to be who they say they are or are, you know, coming on strong at the beginning and then disappointing you. It's, it's because you got caught up in things that don't matter. Again, anybody can give you the superficial, elaborate first date that just costs money. Anybody with a credit card can give you that. It's not proof of them being a good, thoughtful person, right? And you are conflating the two. You are thinking that because this person has this elaborate first date for you, they're throwing money at this fancy restaurant and you have to get all dressed up for it. You're thinking that is a showcase of their effort and interest. It's not. That's actually the easiest thing that they can do. They literally can make a reservation on Resi. They can go on TikTok and see whatever the cute date spot is in New York to impress your first date. And that's that. It's not much thought that goes into it, right? Whereas somebody genuinely taking the time to have to sit down over like a cup of coffee and get to know you and keep the conversation interesting without any outside elements of, you know, alcohol, food, entertainment, right? But they're genuinely just having to keep you engaged through conversation. That's the real test right there. Are they willing to put forth that kind of effort? That shows you what they're in it for, right? Because chances are at two o'clock in the afternoon, meeting somebody up for a cup of coffee, stone cold sober, you're probably not going to go home with them, right? The odds are not in their favor and guys know that. So that's why most guys will avoid that kind of date if all they're looking for is a quick hookup. Yet you think that because they're taking you out to some fancy spot for dinner and drinks, that that's yielding more effort and he must be more serious about it. And it's the complete opposite. Dinner and drinks is a far easier path to getting a woman to come home with you than coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? And that's what women need to get through their heads at the end of the day. I'm not excusing men's behavior whatsoever. I'm just letting you know that you are prioritizing the wrong things and it's why you're single. I mean, and that, that, that's, that's me and my soapbox. Whoever it offends, sorry. That's the truth for whatever, 90% of you. That's my thoughts on modern dating. Somebody asked, and this is my answer. I'm not apologizing for it. Now, moving on to another, another uh, question that came up. I went in on that one. I apologize. Uh, let's see. Um, at Glassby212 said, what led you to music and your passion for truth? Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm coming down from that last one. Um, I don't know. I, I love, I've always loved music. I think even as a kid, like my dad had a big stereo system in the basement with like a crazy collection of CDs. And I was obsessed with it, like the big speakers and, and everything and playing with it. And, and then, you know, I don't, I don't know. It just always spoke to me. I think it always just put me in this place. I can always remember being in the back seat of my parents' car and like loving the music on the radio and always wanted to listen to it and, and just feeling some type of way about it. So it was very natural. And, you know, 
I think as it progressed, you want to be involved in it. So I picked up instruments like drums. And then when I stopped being in a band, I want to keep doing music. So I picked up DJing because I could do it by myself. And, and that's obviously led me down the, the route that I'm on now. But yeah, I don't know. Music just always spoke to me. And I think music makes me feel something um, at times when I'm, I'm not able to, I don't know, when I, it, it connects me with my emotions, right? There are times I hear music, I hear lyrics, I hear a melody. And it makes me feel an emotion that I can't kind of put into words, right? And that's what's sort of special to me about it. Um, there's something beautiful about that. And and then I think for me, you know, as time went on, the love for music that I had, um, you know, it's it's a uh, when you make it into a job, you enter into a very superficial aspect of it where. It's just meant to entertain people, right? And and not much more. And you're trying to reach the masses rather than really trying to make a statement, right? And that's when I was in, in radio, and that's what radio is, right? These are catch the catchiest songs, the most popular songs. They're not all necessarily, you know, trying to evoke real feeling in people. They're just trying to be a catchy song that people remember. And I think that began to wane on me a bit. And I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to do more. And I think for me as a DJ, I always said, okay, well you know, when I'm playing music, I'm showing people a great time. They're literally like having relief from their job that they hate and, and I'm able to provide them that relief. And that like gave me a, a deeper connection to it for a long time. And then I just wanted more of that. I wanted to be able to touch people in a deeper way. And, and I think the only real way to do that, if I, you know, I'm, I don't actually love being a musician myself as far as like putting things out and relying on that. Um, so for me, the next best way was to be a communicator, right? And with that, it's always about digging deeper. How do I have more conversations? How do I have more of an impact in a positive way and uh yeah i think it, i think at its core my love for music was probably just the connection that i felt with being human and then other people right and that's why i love performing when i was when i was playing drums or, or djing is because you're kind of connected with everybody in that room there's like an energy going on throughout the room when it's you know really going well and people are really enjoying themselves um and i think i think at the core of everything i do is, is human connection that need that want for human connection i think is the, the easy answer there all right i'm gonna read one more that i got we'll end it on a, a silly silly sort of uh note here is halloween time so this is appropriate at smokerella um do you want to be shouted out for weird stuff uh luckily we didn't get any weird like just off the wall personal or like weird sexual questions so that's nice i, I applaud y'all for holding back on that um she asked what is your favorite scary movie my favorite scary movie and i i actually realized i used to love horror movies so much and i i've like just not been super invested i think in movies in general as of late but i think house of wax the one from 2005 is is really good it's a good like just slasher fil uh, film i was watching it the other day again rewatching it i think scream is amazing that's probably one of my favorite ones and I'm trying to think. There was Night of, Night of the Living Demons 2 is a god-awful low-budget movie that uh, I used to love as a kid. I used to think it was the scariest thing in the world. J uh, John Carpenter's Vampires is another one that I used to be scared shitless of, and now I watch it, and it's funny. But um, yeah, that that's a good one. I enjoy rewatching that one. Um, is Lost Boys a horror movie? It's kind of is, right? It's like a comedy horror. I, that, that, that would, if that counts as a horror movie, that would be number one for sure. Lost Boys... Um, I think it's an 80s classic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with those right there. Um, but it's probably between Scream and House of Wax, I'd have to say, is is my favorite one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with those. Um I feel like there's a couple of I think Exorcism of Emily Rose, I enjoyed that one. I have, like a lot of it's gonna be mid two thousands when I was working at a movie theater. 
Um, and I was watching all the, those, all the movies that came out. So like that was, that's my time period. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Thank y'all so much for participating in this. I hope you enjoyed getting to interview me and um, hear some, some, I don't know, some questions I don't normally get asked on, on today's podcast for our Asking Gilingo segment. So with that said, let's tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment called Conclusion Stew. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal yeah. with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time for conclusion All right, so not much to conclude on today's show. I just want to say thank you all so much for your support on this podcast. If you've been one of my day one listeners, thank you so much. If you've been a new one, uh, we've had a lot of new people joining the, the family as well recently. I appreciate you just as much. I'm, I'm just so excited. I can't believe we've recorded, 
um, almost 200 episodes of this podcast at this point. I think we might actually be at the 200 mark um, if you combine the first season and where we are in the second season. But it's just wild. It doesn't feel that way. Like It doesn't feel like a burden. I love recording this podcast. I love doing this podcast. It feels weird when I don't do it. So I'm, I'm super proud of it. I love that I get this opportunity to do it. So thank all of you guys who have been listening or any of y'all who are new, welcome. There's a lot of episodes for you to catch up on. Uh, and man, we are a few weeks out from the season finale of season two, but I'm just so grateful and honored that I get to do this. And uh, and, and thank you so much to the Michael Tura family for giving me the space and, and platform to do it as well. It's a, it's a blessing for sure. And uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, I appreciate y'all. I, I hope I kind of, of made up for um, not doing the Ask a Gringo for a while. I hope this, this made up for it a bit. Um, but I will catch y'all on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode. Also, Street Stoic, my second podcast, the second season debuts on Monday. This Monday, what is uh, the date on, on that? Is it the 23rd? Yeah, Monday the 23rd debut, episode number one, Street Stoic podcast season two. So you can search for that. There's an entire season one. If you haven't checked it out yet, just search Street Stoic. So that'll be happening Monday the 23rd. We debut. Or is it Monday the 30th? I think it's the 23rd. Uh, I'll correct it if I was wrong on Thursday Trends, but I'm pretty sure it'll be Monday the 23rd. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. Catch you on Thursday for Thursday Trends. So then stay safe. We'll talk soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.